Yes, the Florida Gators defense is going to blitz more in 2023. No, that does not mean that there are going to be even more coverage issues. And we're going to talk about why here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country and NFL 33. And I'm going to get right into it because I got comments about this on I got the comment yesterday, but it was from Friday's episode. I did get the comment again yesterday. I've seen people talking about it on Twitter, and I feel like this should be addressed. Yes, the Florida Gators defense is going to be more aggressive in 2023, but that does not mean that there are going to be bigger plays created downfield because of it. I understand that logically... Many people are going to think, oh, if you blitz more, then you're going to be open downfield. You're going to have more openings downfield. You're going to be vulnerable downfield. And so if your blitz doesn't hit home, then quarterbacks are going to have just big plays. This isn't Madden, okay? It's not every blitz is some kind of cover one, you know, whatever they call it, or some kind of cover zero, whatever they call it in Madden. Whatever the play call is, this isn't that. It's not engage eight every single time when you blitz either. The entire point of both Patrick Tony's defense and Austin Armstrong's defense is to generate pressure without sacrificing coverage on the back end. That's something that we heard Patrick Tony talk about frequently when he was the Florida Gators co-defensive coordinator. And of course, now Austin Armstrong has officially been named defensive coordinator. But when Patrick Tony was the Florida Gators co-defensive coordinator, He would often, every time that he was asked about it, talk about you're trying to generate pressure without sacrificing coverage on the back end. That's one of the things that Creepers, was that so many Gators fans have learned and so many Gators fans do love, and I also love, where Creepers, which is, of course, you blitz an off-ball player that's a a non-traditional rusher, and you drop a traditional rusher back into coverage because then guess what? You're still rushing four but you're still overloading a side and you're still got and you've still got seven players in coverage. So that was the big selling point with creepers. That that's it where you still get to rush four, you're overloading a side though. So you're only rushing four, but you're rushing all four between the center and left tackle and someone's likely going to find an opportunity to create pressure there and you still have seven players in coverage so you're not vulnerable either underneath or over top. That's one of the big points about this defense. Austin Armstrong is going to be a little more aggressive, or not even a little. He's going to be considerably more aggressive than Patrick Tony was, which I love, but he's going to be considerably more aggressive while still on the back end keeping defenders in zone coverages. I feel like that's the time where you see a lot of busted coverages is when 
you look at a blitz where they go, oh, yeah, we're sending six and everybody else is just in man coverage. Good luck with it, buddy. And then someone's probably going to screw up at some point if your pressure doesn't hit home. Or we're sending seven, we're covering four, we're just leaving one dude wide open. And then you run into that issue as well. But the point of Patrick Tony and Austin Armstrong and, and Dan Lanning and Ron Roberts is to be able to generate consistent pressure without giving that up. That's why Austin Armstrong, yes, you're going to see more off-ball linebackers blitzing. You're going to see more nickel defenders blitzing, whoever that's going to be. We Like, we know that Florida's still going to call it star, but is it going to be a pure corner, which is kind of what Austin Armstrong used with Southern Miss? Or is it going to be more of that safety corner hybrid type that Patrick Tony used with Trevez Johnson and Todd Grantham used with Trevez Johnson? And, and so that might change. But realistically, this is going to be a very similar looking defense. Just there's going to be more pressure created and more blitzes, which is one of the reasons I love it because also aggression doesn't mean bad defense. This isn't one of those times where you have to decide, do you generate pressure and you lose coverage ability or you generate pressure and you're now susceptible to big plays on the back end? Or do you play coverage and, and you just make sure you don't get beat deep, but then at the same time, you're also leaving yourself with little to no pressure created. Now, that's the really fun part about this, where, yeah, you're going to see linebackers blitz more. You're going to see the star, the nickel, whatever you want to call it, blitz more. But you're still going to have solid, reliable coverage on the back end. You're going to see cover three. You're going to see probably more fire zones, which we've talked about also here frequently. You're going to see everything Patrick Tony did on the back end which Florida, I, I'd like to think Florida did a, a pretty solid job of not getting beat consistently downfield when, you know, there weren't communication issues. So you're adding that, and then you're also adding in, guess what, that thing that everybody's been asking for where you go, oh, add more pressure, create more pressure, generate more pressure. You're going to get that as well because Austin Armstrong is a psychopath in the best possible way. But Austin Armstrong is a psychopath that is going to send five, send six. Hell, sometimes he might send seven. And he's going to keep defenders in zone coverage on the back end where you could see cover three and you're only going to have two underneath defenders instead of having your usual three over or under. But that's because two of them are also adding themselves into the pass rush plan, generating more pressure. It's on the quarterback at that point to create a play. And if you're not quick enough, which many college quarterbacks are not quick enough mentally to do that, then you're not going to make them pay. So that's where we're talking about Austin Armstrong is going to be more aggressive. Austin Armstrong is not going to be sacrificing coverage on the deep end. In fact, we might see even less big plays because we're going to talk about the weak areas of both Patrick Tony's 2022 Florida Gators defense and Austin Armstrong's 2022 Southern Miss Eagles defense but first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar, and we're it's it's basically March. You know, it's February twenty eighth right now, so it's basically March. If you're still sticking with your New Year's resolution, kudos to you. If you're not, kudos to you. I don't care what you do; doesn't really impact me that much. But it's almost summertime, so if you want to get in shape, which I I need to do a better job of, add Built Bar to your plan. Built Bar has got 
It's covered in 100% chocolate, so if you have a sweet tooth like me, not a problem. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, and they're coated in 100% chocolate with 17 grams of protein. Also, the best part, they are finally in stores to go to Built Bar or Built.com. Go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get yourself a Built Bar. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's a couple of areas that I wanted to look at here. We're talking about what the weak areas were in coverage for the Florida Gators in 2022 is how we're going to start. Because of course, this, this is Lockdown Gators. Yes, Southern Miss defensively scheme-wise is going to be Florida defensively scheme-wise now. But we're going to stick with talking about Florida and I think the two weakest areas to talk about were the deep right of the field and the short middle of the field. And by that, I mean, we're breaking it down into the usual break it down. You go behind the line of scrimmage, zero to nine yards, 10 to 19 yards, 20 plus. And so when you look at that 20 plus deep down the right side for the Florida Gators, quarterbacks only targeted that area 15 times. It was actually the least targeted area deep downfield. The targeted just 15 times. Eight completions, the only area downfield that had over a 50% completion percentage. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. The only area that allowed that or that had no interceptions deep downfield for Florida's defense. Every whether you're outside left between the numbers, mid, uh, middle or outside right, they all allowed two touchdowns. But the right side is the only side that did not have an interception. 267 yards allowed attacking that area for defenses for the Florida Gators. Okay. There's that, that deep, right. Which by the way, if we're talking about, Oh, you know, you, you create pressure without sacrificing coverage on the back end, allowing over 50% completion percentage deep down the field. Feel like you're sacrificing coverage on the back end. And the short middle was another area where when going between the numbers and zero to nine yards downfield Florida Gators opponents went 73 for 97 passing. So just 24 incompletions, 821 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. One of those interceptions, of course, being Amari Bernie's game ceiling interception against the Utah Utes. So those were the two biggest areas of weakness coverage wise for the Florida Gators in 2022. Looking at Southern Miss's side of things, little bit of a bigger area. First, you've got the short right is what we're going to talk about first because it's the easiest one to talk about there. 16 of 23, one touchdown, no interceptions, 152 yards. If you target the short right side of the field against Southern Miss. Then the other area is the middle of the field behind the line of scrimmage all the way to 19 yards downfield because when you go 10 to 19 yards, 34 of 59 passing, five touchdowns, two interceptions, 790 yards. Pretty damn good, right? Like you, like you would take that. If you took any quarterback and you went, hey, over a two or three game stretch, these are your numbers. We'll say three games. These are your numbers. You're going to say, okay, that's a pretty good stretch, right? 80, when you go zero to nine yards, 80 of 110, 664 yards. Bad. One touchdown, four interceptions is fantastic for that short area of the field. But Insane completion percentage, yards after catcher there. Then behind the line of scrimmage, 53 of 60, three touchdowns, 349 yards, and no interceptions. 
that's just check it down and run away with it. Now you can talk about, is that because of who's blitzing? Because if you're sending your linebackers, then they're not covering that area of the field and you might allow completions. Could be that if you're talking about yards after catch, could be that, which we're going to talk about yards after catch. And also later in the show, we're going to talk about how to fix these issues from the Southern Miss side and from the Florida side as well. But first we are looking at the yards after catch here, because I do think it's interesting to talk about Florida allowed 2,940 receiving yards last year of those 2,940, 1,346 of them came after after the catch, which is bad because you allow 45.78% of your yards after the catch. So I think 45.78, bad, right? Southern Miss allowed 3,043 passing yards or receiving yards last season. 1,506 of those yards came after the catch, which means 49.49% of passing of all receiving yards against Southern Miss last year came after the catch. Okay. And, and that's not surprising because behind the line of scrimmage, they allowed yards after the catch. Short middle, they allowed yards after the catch. Short right, they allowed yards after the catch. And those were areas that they consistently got targeted in. So that kind of leads you to think, is that because of the blitzing? Is that because of having Southern Miss talent and not Florida talent, not SEC? You had Sunbelt talent, not SEC talent. Is that what it is? Is it just when plays were called? Is it just when things happen? Were there a few outliers? Oh, oh, my corner slipped as he was trying to make the tackle on a screen and then just gave up a ton of yards. Whatever it might be, there's quite a few issues there, obviously, just looking at that. You know, you're looking at a defense that, for Florida, was bad last year. I don't care who you want to cast blame to. We know where I throw my blame. I think that the blame deserves to go to Dan Mullen and his staff for recruiting players who were not nearly as good as their ratings suggested, suggested, and you would have been able to know that had you done your due diligence as an evaluator, as a recruiter, as a scout. Had you done your due diligence, you would have known the answer to that. And I will continue to say, the reason that you can prove Florida was not where it should have been talent-wise last year Billy Napier brought in three players with him from Louisiana. Two of them instantly became the best players on the team. One of them was the best player on the team. I think that's pretty indicative of the talent that Billy Napier had when he got to Gainesville. So you can talk about it being scheme. You can talk about it being talent. You can talk about it being a million. You can talk about it just straight up being coaching. Obviously, you're probably not going to blame Corey Raymond for any of that, which you shouldn't. I I don't want you to think that. But... There were some glaring issues. How do you fix those? Let's talk about that here. I think the first thing when you look at Southern Misses issues is that half their yards allowed came after contact. Do you know the best way to stop yards after or after catch? You know the best way to stop the yards after catch? Tackling them. I, I know we're Florida Gators fans. That's a weird concept to us, especially recently. But tackling is a major way to kind of attack that issue because Florida in 2022, not the best tackling team we've ever seen. So 
that's going to be one way of tackling them. And another way is just when they do make those catches, fire on the ball and get there. Even if you don't make the tackle, slow them down, have someone else make the tackle, push them out of bounds, do whatever it is. So I think a big part of that benefit, we'll say, of Austin Armstrong coming from Southern Miss to Florida is that now he's going to have better athletes with him. We can talk about whether or not the Florida Gators roster is as good as it should be. Florida Gators roster is made up of mostly Florida athletes. And I've, I've said this for years. I said that since before I did locked on Gators, I've said this always, and I'm going to continue to say it. You want athletes, you go to Florida, you go to Texas, you go to Cali. Okay. Guess what? We got a lot of kids from Florida on this team. Got a lot of players from Texas on this team. So you've got better athletes and more athletes than you, than Austin Armstrong had with Southern Miss. So immediately you're thinking, okay, they should be better in coverage because they're better athletes and they should be better football players. They should be better in closing the gap after a catch because they're better athletes. They should have that quick trigger in them. You talk about adding that talent to an already aggressive scheme is going to be fun. You're also probably going to look at more sacks, more pressures, more, more pressure, everything, more pass rush, everything because of the aggressive defense. That aggressive defense, if you do have the areas of the field that you should have covered, if you do have the middle of the field short covered, if you do have the short right covered, then you've got athletes in that area and you've got pressure coming into that area. Then guess what? Not going to be able to throw the ball. Not going to be able to attack you that way. You should have smarter coverage players. Look, I I have no problem saying I am a trade Dean fan. I, I like what he can do in the NFL level. I think he projects better as an NFL player than he did in college. But guess what? Not the smartest, uh, not, not, not the sharpest tool in the shed is what we'll use there in terms of playing in coverage. That's a big issue for him. And NFL teams are going to have to figure that out. He does a good job of keeping his eyes in the backfield, but when he does that, he loses sight of his man or he loses the sense of his man. That's something where probably won't happen as much in 2023 for the Florida Gators as it did in 2022. So you instantly gain that benefit of having smarter coverage players than Southern Miss had and then Florida had last year. So you're improving in that area as well. It's also pretty awesome to know just how good Southern Miss was deep down the field, especially compared to Florida, because deep down the field, Florida allowed a pass rating of 20 plus yards. A lot of pass rating of 111.36, which is amazing for a quarterback. And uh, Southern Miss allowed a passer rating of 93.39, which is still pretty good, but way better defensively for Southern Miss. Also, when you consider that Southern Miss was targeted more downfield and the yardage was, was pretty close, uh, touchdown and interception ratio kind of on par with each other there. Actually, uh, Southern Miss has a better interception ratio than Florida had in 2022. So yet another area where schematically Florida should be getting put into better positions in 2023 than they were in 2022 because Southern Miss, considering the talent that you had, the aggressive nature of your defense, but you've got covered in the back end, did a pretty damn good job of not allowing deep completions consistently and just creating havoc by the way when quarterbacks went throwing to the deep left side of the field against southern miss in 2022 
two completions, 12 attempts, two for 12 passing, two interceptions, a touchdown, 111 yards. So they were obviously massive plays, but didn't get beat there often, which, which is obviously a great thing. And also just repetition, having a second year working in this defense where Todd Grantham ran a lot of cover one or cover three. Here, you're going to be running cover four, cover three, cover two, cover one, not too much cover zero because that's a bit too aggressive, but you're going to be operating in more coverages. And that's a good thing over time because guess what? Patrick Tony wanted to run those same coverages that Austin Armstrong is going to run. Patrick Tony recruited players that are going to be comfortable doing everything Austin Armstrong asked them to do. And then some. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Austin Armstrong coming in. I still love what Patrick Tony did. He did a hell of a job recruiting a class the one year that he had the chance to. And I have no problems with it. I do think that Florida will benefit from the more aggressive defensive scheme and the more aggressive defensive system. I'm curious to see what changes carry over because maybe Austin Armstrong doesn't want to blitz his nickel as much or he doesn't want to blitz his off-ball linebackers as much. He want, Maybe he wants to blitz corners more. Maybe he wants to blitz the nickel more and the off-ball linebacker less. Maybe he wants to blitz the off-ball linebacker more and the nickel less. Whatever it might be, I can't wait to see it. And I'm, I'm all bought in here. Like just, I am a process-driven person, a process-oriented person. So if I see a process that I like, I'm going to go for it. So thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators and Tomorrow might be the day. We have John Garcia on. We'll see about that. But for your second listen, make it Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports, Giants country, and NFL 33. But that is all for me. I will see each and every one of you, hopefully, tomorrow.